we cannot expect to be performing at a high level if we're pretending not to deal with the things that are really going on in our lives. Absolutely. And, and so I know we've got a lot of listeners who are like, okay, so how do I take that step and to hear someone say, hey, you don't have to be an expert to actually make an impact. Welcome to the Hope in Real Life podcast with Jason Gore. Our team is passionate and committed to bringing you more hope in the everyday, real areas of your life. If this conversation and content is valuable for you, please do us a favor. Like, subscribe, and even share. You never know how valuable it could be to share a little bit of hope with someone else. Let's get the conversation started. Well, what's going on, Hope in Real Life family? We're here with another episode of Hope in Real Life. Here at this podcast, we have an entire team of people that are designated the best hours of their day to helping our audience, our listeners, find hope in the everyday moments of their real lives. This week, we are talking about a topic that a lot of our listeners have actually inquired about, and it's this idea of faith in the workplace. And every single week, every single episode, I try to at least give us a foundational statement to know here, here's what we're operating around. And this week, it's this idea that spiritual health is a vital part of hope in our lives, and hope is needed in the workplace. And so I'm here this week with Adam Price and Doug Morgan, who are a part of the leadership team of a company called Mako Medical. And just to give you a quick background, Fortune 500 fastest growing company list, Triangle Business Journal, Fast 50. Uh, award for three years in a row, which I don't believe any other company has ever done. I think two might be the limit uh, prior to these guys. But let's just start out here in a little bit about you all. And Adam, I know you're one of the founding uh, members of Mako Medical. So why don't we start with you? Why don't you just give us a little bit of background about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, so we started in 2014. So full reference laboratory. So if you want to think high level of like who our competitors would be, it'd be like a lab core quest. So we test everything under the sun from blood, urine, um, toxicology testing, genetics testing. So we're a local lab. So we're in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, we do have a lab in Henderson, North Carolina, but we are full service lab. So we service uh, national national hospitals, clinics, different doctors around the U.S. Okay. All right. Doug? Yeah. So I came to Mako about a year and a half ago um, after the big COVID boom, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit, um, because we were a new growth strategy, got our CEO and COO, uh, Chad and Josh um, focused outside the business, on the business, not so much in the business. Yeah. And so they needed some leadership, uh, boots on the ground leadership, and they really wanted the culture post-COVID to uh, to go in uh, um, an exciting and new direction. So I came on board about a year and a half ago. Yeah, and just for some context, I know your company really took off during that COVID season. And so can you just shed a little bit of light on what that exactly means and what happened to really bring that into fruition? Yeah. I mean, so when COVID hit, you know, I think it was a race to who could service the need, which was testing, right? Yeah. Um, luckily, we were we were positioned to, to do that. So our COVID growth personnel-wise, you know, we went from about 300 to close to 2,000 people within six months. So, wow. I mean... I don't think there was a day or a minute where we weren't either running samples as a team or, or trying to hire people. Um, so just a fast and furious pace during COVID to get us positioned to do what we needed to do. Because at that time, you know, if you weren't getting your samples or your results back in a couple of days, people were looking for another lap. That's so right. everybody was in a, in a sense of desperation to know if they had COVID or not. So luckily we were one of the highest performers in the nation by able to push results back to, to customers and patients. Um, 
and became one of the fastest growing COVID labs in the, in the nation during that time. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, in a moment, I mean, obviously our topic is faith in the workplace, right? Not um, lab results and that type of thing, though. <laughs> but uh, I want to start out. Uh, so in a minute, I'm going to ask you, like, hey, well, what makes you guys experts on this idea of faith in the workplace? Mm-hmm. Why should we have you on the podcast talking about this? Now, I, I know the answer to that question, but for our audience. But before we get into that, um, can you just give just a little bit of why behind Mako Medical? Uh, a lot of different things that you guys could have done as founding team members. Like, What made you jump into this? And what's the why behind the organization overall? Yeah, I'll start, and then yeah. you could kind of... Pick me up where I mess up. Um, <laughs> I'm used to that. <laughs> yeah, okay. So when we started, I think the the goal was, you know, Chad, our CEO, didn't have a science background, right? There was there was a very good business person, but no science background. So we didn't have the what quite figured out. So but the one thing that I think Chad brought to the company that instilled in us as founders was the why. Um, so when we started company, there was three things we really wanted to focus on. And, and we led with those versus saying, you know, let's figure out what and how we're going to test or, or all those things or payer contracts or all the things that make uh, running a lab very, very difficult that probably would have steered us away from this business in the beginning. But leading with the why kind of really kind of helped us to focus on, like, why are we doing this? Like, cause yeah. you know, it's, it's not just about a job or testing. It's not the most glorious business running lab samples isn't. So though the, why we started was, um, three, three real big reasons. One, we wanted to give back to the local community, um, and actually live that out through our giving, um, and time. Obviously when we were a small company, we spent a lot of that through our time with how we gave back to the community. Um, that changed a little bit during COVID with how we were able to financially support different uh, ministries, outreaches, and programs like that. So the community aspect was huge. I remember, funniest thing, we were doing a Raleigh Christmas parade before our lab even processed one sample. <laughs> like we were doing like community events before. Yeah. And I remember the funniest thing, but it was cool when people used to see us and be like, hey, I've seen you because we have a big shark logo. They'd be like, hey, I've seen you at this community event. And they yeah. had no clue what we did yeah. as a company. And that yeah. was really special because it meant that we were having that impact. Yeah. Um, the second thing, which is kind of what I spearheaded, was the veteran piece. So we really wanted to dive into hiring military veterans and living that out. So at that time, I was running a lot of our operations. And my kind of goal was I wanted to only hire military vets. So I was in the Army for about 13 years total. Got out, was told, man, when you get out of the military, it's going to be the easiest thing. You're going to find all these big jobs. They're going to pay you. Combat veteran, like, they're going to love you. I got out, like, people, was like, it was crickets. I mean, <laughs> and my strategy was off. I didn't understand the importance of networking and all those things. I, I would come home, literally, I'd come home. My wife was like, hey, why are you playing video games again? I'm like, I applied for 35 jobs. Today. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not getting callbacks, but I applied for a ton of jobs. So, um I went through that transition so and understood that veterans had a lot of good things to offer as far as discipline and a sense of um, teamwork and a sense of getting the mission done, right? And in the lab world, there's no like, hey, it's it's snowing, we can't go pick up samples. Like, no, we make it happen, right? So hiring a team full of veterans, I think our logistics team, which was primarily where we started, we had 100% of our team was veterans for the first four or five years. And now you fast forward, we've been in, in business now um, close to 10 years, and we still hold about 70% of our veteran-based team on our logistics department is veterans. So really cool there. Um, and it's allowed us to really plug into different v- veteran community-based events as well, which is awesome. Um, and then the third the third thing, obviously, it's the biggest thing for us was, was our faith component. So... Um, at that time, we wanted to 
lead um, with faith and, and, and the workplace. You know, being a private company gave us the, the ability to do that, but that was something that was important. And how that's lived out, and we'll talk about that probably later, but initially it was really small. So initially what it looked like was a small Bible study with four or five people. I mean, that was it. And then it was just trying to like take some of those principles that are in the Bible and say, okay, how can we lead the company based off of some of those, right? And we knew that if we started the business with those three things, and that's what became important, except for the bottom line, except for profit, except for growth and expansion, then no matter kind of what the business threw at us, we were kind of grounded in those three mm-hmm. things. So that's kind of the why behind what why and what we started Mako for. Yeah, Adam, I appreciate that. Yeah. And what's interesting, if you t- if you take one and three off the list that you just gave, give back to the to the local community, and three driven by a faith component, I think, man, you sound more like a church hmm. than, a, than a company I would expect <laughs> you to sound like that's on the, the Fortune 500 fastest growing list. So uh, I would say well done, man. I yeah. appreciate you. Uh, you guys' desire to stay true to that. And then on the veteran piece as well, thank you for your service. Yeah, absolutely, um, man. And, and, and man, I'm, awesome. I'm thankful for that. Doug, let me ask you this. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the why behind the company, sure, right? Yeah. And, so, and so you get the faith component. And so for our listeners, for our audience... Um, what makes you all the experts yeah. in this conversation on faith sure. in the workplace? That's actually a really easy question to answer. Um, we are not the expert. <laughs> so I'm sorry, disappoint, <laughs> disappoint y'all, maybe cut off the podcast, but we're actually, we're so not the expert. It's, it's interesting as I think about my own life and I think about Chad's life, you know, that was the beginning. It was awesome that that was the why in the beginning. Um, but like, I, like in my own life, I used to separate faith and, and work. I'm, I'm talking like it was so, it was so opposite sides of the spectrum, you know, especially growing up in the, in the South here, like you went to church on Sunday and then the rest of the week was all about me and, and my profession. And then, um, you know, story for another day, but then God got a hold of me and, and showed me um, how much my faith actually needed to fuel my work. Yeah. Um, but that same story happened to, to our CEO, to happen to Adam's brother, Chad. And during COVID, right before this company blew up, he, um, he really gave his life to Christ. He became a Christian. Um, and kind of walking away from that cultural, just know the language and, and you know, have some of, you know, some of the ways in which you, you, know, you choose on some days to live that way, and really gave his life to Christ. Um, and that's actually when, when we met each other. We were buddies for about a year. Um, and so just after that, God got a hold of his heart about what this why is a beautiful foundation, but what does it look like to take it to the next level? Um, and that's when um, he asked me to come and, and work alongside a bunch of these great leaders for that to be true. So we are not the expert. Yeah. We are um, we're getting things wrong. Uh, we're figuring out the why, the real why behind what it means to be a faith-driven company. Um, and it's really surprising some of the some of the ways we're we're seeing what God wants us to do there. Yeah, I and I. I think this is so important, and I and I think I appreciate your honesty. You know, in our pre-production meeting, you said that I was like, man, that that's perfect. I think it's probably what our listeners need to hear mm-hmm. because the reality is, we live in a difficult world to to bring our faith into the workplace, specifically. And and I know a lot of our listeners probably aren't Christian. Sure. You know, they're just, but we're all looking for hope in our lives. But um, but man, right now this is it's not necessarily the safest place to talk about your faith in the workplace. You know, when you just look at the media and you see things going on around us. But we do know, we said this at the beginning, we do know that spiritual health is a vital part of our hope. And that's not a, a Christian belief. That's a, you can go to a secular psychiatrist, sure. you can go to a, have a secular uh, professional coach, and they're going to yeah. tell you, if you don't engage the spiritual side of your life, you're not going to maximize 
um, what your true potential really is. And so you hear that. And so we know it's a vital part of our hope. And, and man, hope is needed in the workplace. Mm. If we're given our yeah. best hours of our days to the workplace, we cannot expect to be performing at a high level if we're pretending not to deal with the things that are really going on in our lives. Absolutely. And, and so I know we've got a lot of listeners who are like, okay, so how do I take that step and to hear someone say, hey, you don't have to be an expert yeah. to actually make an impact. Let's take a break from this episode of Hope in Real Life to tell you about our mobile app. If you're looking for a resource on personal development and spiritual enrichment, then we've got just the thing for you. The Hope in Real Life mobile app is a free tool made specifically for our listeners and anyone who needs a little hope in their everyday life. The Hope in Real Life app offers multiple features like daily devotions, parenting tip, financial resources, marriage insights, and a community where you can share prayer requests. Stay tuned as we will be making this resource available to you in early January. Tomorrow can be better than today and hope is possible even in real life. Now back to the program. We do have a program that we're really focusing on right now. That's a component of it, and, and that's called Rise Up. And so I would love for you just to share with our listeners a little bit about what that looks like right now, maybe how it started and the impact that you're seeing from it. Yeah, so when, you know, in COVID, three, 300 to 2,000 people, you, you realize really quickly that I don't know any of these people that I used to know. Like, yeah. I mean... Can you just say that again? I yeah. mean, you said 200 to 2,000. Three, yeah, 300 to 2,000. Yeah. Roughly uh, overnight. It, it felt... It, <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. It was a, <laughs> felt like a lot of overnights yeah. for a lot of us. Um, but, you know, we had to constantly keep churning uh, to, to keep up with the need. I mean, it just... I just remember seeing just samples just stacked up like... I mean, I was looking for a sled to sled down. I mean, it was crazy. Um <laughs> But, you know, it was one of those things where I think we realized that in the midst of the chaos of being so busy, that that faith side that I was saying that one of the reasons we didn't want to lose our eyes on the company, those Bible studies started to dwindle, right? They never grew. Same three or four or five people. Um, we'd often catch ourselves doing it with the door closed, right? Um, and we started realizing, like, they got all these people walking by. And the one thing we all have in common is we all have problems. We all, we all have things we're going right. through, right? And and when you have 300 people, you got that, you expand that to 2,000, those are a lot more problems, yeah. right? And a lot more things that no matter where your faith is, you're going through it, right? Whether it's a whether it's a bad relationship, whether it's financials, whether it's a death, it's something that somebody's going through. So I think that was one of our things we realized with uh, the beginning of Rise Up was that how do we cast a larger net, right? How do we... How do we get more people and connect with them on a relationship level so they can kind of see hope, right? Because at, at that time, it was we're so busy, so busy. Someone comes to talk to you like, man, listen, I love to talk, but I don't have time, right? Yeah. And the reality is we turn that into our, our everyday, even if we're not mm -hmm. at the height of a pandemic, we still do that. We're all just so busy now that we forget to spend real time with people. So um, the great thing about Rise Up was, it allowed this platform, and we, like Doug said, we didn't have this stuff figured out. We just knew we wanted to do something to kind of bring people together, right? Um, and so the idea was, hey, let's take something, any any topic that somebody's dealing with. So I think our first one was leadership. Then we rolled into living your best life. We've done one on finances, on stress, depression, anxiety, um, things that every single person in the world deals with, and. We would bring in a outside speaker, um, and the thought behind that was, hey, listen, this guy talking to you or this girl talking to you, they may connect with you better, and also they're not going to say something that 
later down the road, you're going to not be able to separate that when we said that in Rise Up versus now you won't come talk to me because maybe I said something that you didn't agree with or anything. Um, Saw something negative on your performance appraisal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So we made it optional, right? Which was which was a big part of 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 kind of just navigating through those unknown waters of like, hey, who do we want to come to this? Well, anybody could come to it. Doesn't matter if you have faith. If you don't have faith, come on down, right? We provided food for everybody, so that way it became a social setting um, where we could all just kind of hang out. It's thirty minutes. We didn't we didn't make it long. We didn't want to make it this long drawn out thing. Thirty minutes, direct to the point. We'd ask the speaker to come in for three weeks and just pick a subject. Pick a subject and whatever your heart's leading you, go for it, right? And and obviously we wanted that practical application and then some biblical application too because we knew that if they just led so heavily with biblical stuff that it's going to fly over people's head, right? right? Um, so we wanted there to be, but we didn't we didn't moderate how much of, you know, 60% biblical, 40% practical, which has been so cool to see the the progression of, we've been doing Rise Up now, I think we just finished our 14th um, session this past Wednesday, yesterday, and it's been so cool to see how different speakers will take a topic and open up, you know, whether with their testimony or something that they're going through in their life, and instantly these connections start being made with our people that are down there. So Rise Up, yeah, we've been doing it, and, you know, it's just been, it's just been awesome to see God used that as an overflow to bring people down there and just just go to work. I mean, it's it's cool. It's it's been a really fun thing to be a part of, and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going. And, and what we've realized through this this past year and some changes that this model could be replicated in any small business, any business. Um, it's just you got to start somewhere, and you know we haven't figured it all out. We're we're still tweaking. We're still. We're still figuring it out, so we're going to keep doing it and keep kind of building on what we what we got going on. So, yeah. I I um I again I applaud you for recognizing that you can get so busy that you can lose sight of what's most important. And again, for you to like tell me what the three whys are for your company and for you not to mention the bottom line, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning, because I can tell you uh, one of my roles uh, in my hours that I'm awake during the week is to uh, to serve as the the lead pastor for. Hope Community Church, and I can tell you, and this I'm, I'm almost ashamed to say this, but it's doesn't do me any good to not be honest. We can get so busy on a church staff mm. that we can actually forget to invest in ourselves in the right ways. Sure. And so we have to set aside intentional time every week for staff meeting. And, and I'll tell you what I've found is you can program all you want to, mm. and those are great, but usually the first half of every staff meeting is like wins, celebrations, what's going on, and yeah. it can people can get up and talk about what's going on in their ministry or what's going on in their life and ask for prayer. Yeah. And those times where someone just asks for prayer and people come up and then when you see God answer Mm. prayers and you celebrate it, those unplanned moments that we set aside are more powerful than anything and more beneficial than just about everything that we program. But you've got to stay committed to it or otherwise you're right, man. You can program your time to focus on your spiritual life right out of your schedule. Oh yeah. So, so well done there. Um, well, so that's the program side, right? That That's Rise Up, and we can come back to that in a minute. But it was interesting, and I think, Doug, it was you that was talking before, like, hey, Rise Up is important, yeah. but you've got the program, but if you really care about this, you've also got a relational component sure. with your employees. Yeah. And, and while the program's important, the relational side might yeah. even be more important yeah. 
Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So you just talked about, you know, how you can sometimes get distracted by the programs and focused. I came in a year and a half ago and it was my mind, my dreams, all programs, all these awesome things we're going to do. And I'm not saying they're not going to be a part of what happens, but I quickly learned, I feel like God quickly taught me that people don't want to hear about programs and external giving and generosity and ideas and ministry. They actually want to know that they're cared for relationally, Mm. authentically. And so it was like all these great, great ideas I had were, you know what? It's, you know, God was like, it's all about um, making the Mako team, the the Mako family, the Mako team members, the number one mission. And you talked about profits too. By the way, when you do those things right, profits come and profits fuel those ministry things. Like Mm. we couldn't host Rise Up, pay for lunch, bring, you know, bring speakers in and do that without profits. So you don't throw profits out the window, but when you actually really put people first, Profits come, but, um, but yeah, so it is, it is, I learned quickly that it was about relationships. People are hungry. I think especially, I said this before, but especially in the South and I grew up, I grew up going to church and, um, had an intellectual understanding of God and Jesus, but like, I didn't become a Christian until I was 29 and that's a story for another day. But, um, the people are hungry for hope and they're hungry for that hope to be authentic and their faith to be authentic. And so these big boardroom meetings or, or posters on the wall, they can mean something, but people want to see it lived out in truth. And, and you know, I think what is it, what are the number one complaints probably of, of non-Christians, of Christians, that they're hypocrites. Right. And by the way, yeah, we're our hypocrites, right? right? We're, yeah. we're sinners, we're, we're right there. But, but it's because of the way we talk and we don't act that way. I feel like if we acted more like Jesus, we would have a opportunity to speak more about him. And, and so, yeah, we've learned that lesson. Relationships come first. Caring for people comes first. And these programs are genuine overflow. And people know when it's fake. Yeah. People know. I've seen too many things in Rise Up that were real. And it was because there was a real care. It was authentic. And then it, um, you know, obviously God is the one who fills that void, but we, we kind of held their hand on the walk there. Yeah, just kind of piggybacking on that. And yeah. I so appreciate because our listeners need to hear that yeah. re- regularly and be reminded of that, whether sure. they are a Christian or they're not. Yeah. Those of us that say we are Christians, we're still imperfect. Um, but we do have a responsibility to do our best to live as Jesus would call us to live. Absolutely. But you, and, and along those lines, you said, because um, I'm sure there's some of our listeners that might hear this, maybe they're business owners, uh, maybe they're business leaders, um, maybe they're entrepreneurs and their company's growing and they want their, their company or their industry or their team to be faith-based, yep. but they've got these thoughts, man, but there are some liabilities, there are some concerns. And one of the ones that you mentioned was, what if there's this sense of this quid pro quo type idea of, yeah. well, if somebody comes to my Bible study or to my program, then maybe they have a leg up over somebody else on the team. And you yeah. had something really unique <laughs> so, to say that. So I think that does exist in some ways. You know, people, man, I know my motives are all jacked up. You right. know, I'm always having to correct and pray through my motives. Just the other day, I was going to, I was texting to pray some, pray for someone. Yeah. And I felt like God was like, you're doing that. So they know you're praying for them. I'm like, man, <laughs> I am such a, <laughs> such an imperfect guy. But, yeah. um, but so I, the funny answer to that is for me, when I find out someone is a genuine Christian on the leadership team, for example, you know, we, we have, we, we talk about our faith, we, we share it. And I, and I come to find out, man, this person really is, you know, living for God. I actually hold them so much more accountable to a new standard. Uh, there is not the, you know, the favoritism club. If anything, they are going to have to um, live to a new expectation of what it is to love with, in truth and love. 
because leadership's hard, right? So some right. people all just want to be, it's all about performance. It's all about just here's the feedback, but it's got to be done in love. Um, yeah. And then some people just don't want to say those hard things and just care and be compassionate, but it's both. And, and Jesus totally modeled that better than every, anybody. Right. He spoke truth to those people, but never let them accept a, a you know, lesser version of who he knew they could be. And so he would say, hey, you know, no, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more, you know, and those, ex- so it's one of those things where I actually, uh, yeah, there is definitely no favorite club. If you thought that you're going to be sorely uh, misunderstood once you, once you come, because I'm going to hold you more accountable for, for living uh, more like Jesus, which is a hard thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so many things uh, I feel like we could talk about right now, but I want to make sure that we have uh, time to, to hit this. So if we've got an, uh, an audience member, a listener who's thinking, Okay, uh, I know that spiritual health is a vital part of hope. We need more hope in our lives, and we know that hope is desperately needed in the workplace. So I want to take an action step. Mm-hmm. Uh, what could that look like? What's a simple action step that somebody could take away? They don't have to be an expert, but they can actually take that first one or two steps towards bringing this to life. I'd say, first off, if it's better for them to admit they're not an expert first, and then it will probably go better. But I would just say God is at work in the triangle, he's at work in our world, right? He's doing the work, and it's uh, it's us to notice where he's working and come alongside. So the the quickest, you know, the first thing I'd say is, hey, ask God to show show you where he's at work, yeah. like you know, where is he, whose life is he at work in? You know, we had one single mom um, at Mako who you could just tell there was a lot of tension, and it was hard, and she was having to balance a lot of different things. You could just tell. She was hungry for some support. And so, so someone's, someone's eyes and heart were open to that. She came to Rise Up, and she got the support um, from some, some folks, some team members and coworkers there. And, and the story is pretty amazing of, of, of how she's opened up to the Lord and um, is, is doing incredibly well after just, it was just a need that was met. So I would say, one, ask God to open your eyes, you know, spiritual eyes, to see where he's at work. Um, that's the first one. Um, be willing to be bold, but with gentleness. Yeah. Because people, if it's not going to be authentic, then don't do it. I actually would rather you do nothing than to do something that wasn't authentic. Yeah. Because that is not what the world is hungry for. Um, so yeah. Or ask, in a way where you seem like a jerk. A hundred percent. Or even just, you know, that you're all about, you, you know, we lose sight. We all want formulas. Like that's man's problem, right? We all want a formula. And so we, we want these formulas instead of doing the hard work, which is, you know, daily seeking out, you know, to, to see where God's at work and, and coming alongside and being interrupted. So that'd be the beginning point yeah. uh, for me. I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, just, I just think it's, you know, before you even get to the point of like trying to develop a program, which yeah. I think you can do. And I think Doug's right. I don't think you should like constantly delay, like when, when we fix this or when we get to this phase, then we'll do a, a rise up or a, a rise up type program. But I do think one of the things especially for leadership that you have to constantly analyze is like, are you loving people? Like, are you, are you, are you truly investing in a relationship? Because at the end of the day, people that come down for rise up, right? Like if we didn't have that relationship there and I said, Hey man, we're about to do rise up. Cool. (laughs) They're not, they're not coming. They might come grab some free food, but they're going to go right back up to their desk. So I think we have to, it's so easy to talk about, but man, we just get so busy. And it's like, I remind my guys underneath me, I'm like, you got to be aware of like your body language. Like, is your door closed or is your door open? Like when people come in, are you on your phone or you're off your phone? Like those little things are those little things that are either going to stop a relationship from growing or they're going to, they're going to allow it to flourish and grow into something. And then 
as it grows, you start to realize there's that common ground. There's, yeah. hey, oh, wait, you're going through this? Well, I went through this. Let me show you how I, how I navigated it, right? And, and then it makes going to Rise Up or a program even easier because now you have buy-in because people, they don't see it as this like heavy push of the gospel in my face. They see it as like real people talking about real things, but the beautiful thing is when they get in there, all the speakers, they all point it right back to Jesus, yeah. right? The hope of all of those problems points right back to Christ, yeah. which is a beautiful thing. So this is what I'm hearing. If I'm taking notes, I'm hearing what, what are some steps? One, or maybe these are values to carry. Mm-hmm. One, I'm hearing people over programs. Two, I'm hearing look to God for what he's already doing. And then third, uh, let's be bold, uh, but do so with gentleness. Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, the Bible says, I think it's First Peter 3.15, it says, be ready uh, to have a reason for the hope that you have. But it also tells us to do so with gentleness Amen. and respect. So, gentlemen, I appreciate your time, man. I, I'm so grateful for what you're doing already and for how you really are. You're making the triangle a better place. You are bringing hope to the triangle, not just in your workplace, but the way you're investing in the community. I'd normally try to ask uh, two questions. I know we, we want to wrap up here around 30 minutes, but two quick questions. Um, first, what are you most excited about in your life right now? And Doug, maybe we'll hit you with this one. Yeah, sure. So I got a 16-year-old son, uh, junior. We just went on a bunch of college tours. And to for him, to see him um, kind of step out in faith on his own and think through, okay, this is a decision. This is a big decision, and God has a plan for me. And for him to be talking about, like, that he's praying about things or seeking where God may actually may be at work that he's calling to him to at 16, as you think about launching him out into the world, um, yeah, just the fact that he'd be hungry to see how God wants to speak into where he goes to college and how I can maybe start taking coach you know, sideline coach right. role, which in some ways is hard for dad to admit that I need to do that. But sideline and watch him um, to pursue that's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, so loving cool. it. And then uh, Adam, I ask this question, five years from now, uh, where, where do you see, what do you look out with hope-filled yeah. eyes and see in front of you? I, I mean, I, I, you know, there's a couple things for me. Um, one, like I would love to see Rise Up kind of take plant uh, in other businesses in the triangle, because I think what what's what's building right this network of speakers some of the logistical things that anyone would have to work through like we've kind of worked through some of those things and we're learning through the way so i think just seeing that other business leaders say you know what? i want to do that i'm going to do it and maybe i do it at a small level but i'm going to step out i want to try something like that um so you know seeing that uh rise ups in other business would be a really cool thing um because i know like all of our speakers have been so excited about about it and they, they always tell people when they bring people and they come back and see us so i know they would love to pour into other businesses that are doing it and then one way that i'd love to add to this a <laughs> shameless to plug, have shameless plug here to have my um, hair? no not your hair uh, is I'm opening a business, um, a family entertainment business in Wendell. Uh, we're working on all the, the build-out right now and going through this. And one of the most exciting things for me going through this now by myself is, like, I'm looking at those principles of how a business is built. And it's so cool to me to know that I don't have to wait for year nine to build, like, a rise-up type program. Right, like, yeah, that's a yeah. day one thing. And I got these speakers, like, already that I have relationships with that are probably – super excited to come and help, you know, and it's going to be awesome because, yeah, we may not have the 60, 70, 80 people in attendance at Mako. We may have four or five, but it's still going to be just as powerful and just as impactful. So super excited about that. Well, listen, you said that you would like to see this rise up, build out. This whole episode is around faith in the workplace. And so I'm going to go out on a limb and put you guys on the spot. If you agree to do this after we press stop on the record, 
we'll have some type of contact info down oh, in the 100%. show notes sure. uh, where our listeners could reach out to you, maybe get some ideas. Oh, we'd love to be a resource for people. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, to our listeners, thank you all for tuning in this week. Again, spiritual health, it's a vital part of having hope in our everyday moments and our real life, and hope is desperately needed in the workplace. I hope this has been valuable for you and how you can apply these principles to your life. And we, if this has been valuable, please do anything that you can do, like, subscribe, and share this content with somebody else that you work with. Maybe you guys can partner together to bring a little bit more faith in the place where you spend the majority of your time, sun up to sundown. We love you guys. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Hope and Real Life. Gentlemen, thanks for being with us. Thanks, thanks man. for having us. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Hope in Real Life podcast. If this content was valuable for you, don't forget, like, subscribe, share. You never know how important it could be to bring a little hope into someone else's life. Uh, there's even a place here for you to comment. We would love to hear from you and hear your feedback. Until next time, let's keep sharing hope. Hope and Real Life family, real quick before you go, we want to invite you to celebrate the true meaning of Christmas at one of our family-friendly Christmas Eve services. Join us at Hope Community Church where we will have 20 services between December 21st and December 24th across five campuses in and around the Raleigh-Durham metro area, aka the Triangle. Each service will feature carols, candles, cocoa, and all the Christmas cheer. Bring your kids, your friends, or your co-worker, or even the single mom down the street, or the guy next door. We could all use a little hope for Christmas. Let us know you are coming by visiting gethope.net forward slash Christmas and grabbing free tickets. One more time, that URL is gethope.net forward slash Christmas, or you can click the link in the description. If you can't make it in person, we'd love for you to join us at gethope.tv. Merry Christmas.